loads of people are trying to kill us. I know, Dad. This is a new experience for me. It happens to me all the time. You call this archaeology? You're my family. I came here to save you. Oh, yeah? And who's gonna come to save you, Junior? I told you. Don't call me Junior. Indiana. Indiana. Let it go. I was surprised by this movie. In many ways. <laughs> I gotta say, I was regretting my decision. I, I think this would be something I'd share to my kids. Oh, that's good to hear. I think it's about a father's love for his child. Oh, absolutely, yes. And uh, a complete stranger's love for that man's child. You wore really <laughs> ugly outfits. <laughs> Puke yellow, prom night, pale blue, you know. I, I don't even know <laughs> yeah. where to start Definitely with this film. Definitely not a movie I would consider watching unless you tell me to. Hello, I'm Derek. And I'm Peter. And this is The Mog. In this podcast, one of us suggests a beloved movie for the other to watch. And then we talk about it. What made us laugh? What made us cry? And whether or not it explains our fear of snakes. And rats. And bugs. (laughs) So, yeah, Derek, what movie have we got today? Oh, it's one of mine. It's Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade from 1989. Awesome. Awesome. Do you have an alternate title? Uh, I do. I have two. Um, Henry Jones Jr. and the Penultimate Crusade. Or... Indiana Jones 3, The Search for Sean. Oh, The Search for Sean. I like that one. Um, I had Indiana Jones, The Destroyer of Temples and Artifacts. (laughs) (laughs) That's all he does. He's the (laughs) anti-archaeologist. He's everything that you don't want in an archaeologist. Turns up to digs and is just violent and angry. Breaks everything. <laughs> you know, tries to pick up on any female that is in the area because there aren't that many going around. It is the 80s after all. <laughs> well, I originally had Indiana Jones and, well, not really the last crusade then, is it? The last one <laughs> is in the final crusade. The Never going to be point, another more crusade. <laughs> or like the last one is uh, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull sequel, which doesn't have Shia LaBeouf in it. Oh, my God. Hopefully it's Chris Pratt. I love Chris. <laughs> yeah, I that would, but I think he'd be a reboot, wouldn't he? Mm. Or would he be a would he be an older version of Shia LaBeouf's character? <laughs> yeah, they just, <laughs> <laughs> they just swap him out for Chris Pratt. He's <laughs> so funny. I think everyone would be perfectly content if that was to happen. <laughs> we should keep this moving along. I don't yeah, want another yeah. two hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll give a synopsis. Okay. When Dr. Henry Jones Sr., Sean Connery, suddenly goes missing while pursuing the Holy Grail, eminent archaeologist Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford, must follow in his father's footsteps to stop the Nazis from getting their hands on the Holy Grail first. And hijinks ensue. Yeah, that's very succinct. So this is set in 1938, and the Nazis are in this. But it's the third of the Indiana Jones series and the end of the trilogy, supposedly. Yeah, well, uh, uh, from looking at the things, uh, I think Steven Spielberg expected it to be the last one. Yeah. But um, I think George Lucas pushed for there to be more after that. Yeah. So this was a a Spielberg-Lucas collaboration with Harrison Ford, Sean Connery, River Phoenix. There's just so many massive names in this. John Williams is the music. Oh, yeah, um, amazing. And this one, Best Sound Effects. Oh, really? The Oscars, yeah. Nominated for Best Music. Yeah, so there was just so much going on. Like with Spielberg, we've entered into this, uh, we've tapped into a vein now, which is the core of nostalgia for me. Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, Spielberg. And Lucas. Yeah. yeah. They really were the powerhouses of the 1980s. And it's just so funny because as you go through and learn more about these films, you see how much... George Lucas was involved in some of the biggest films there were. Yeah. But he always had someone around him to contain him from going crazy. Yeah. And um, there's actually the screenplay for this uh, by Jeffrey Bohm should really, he should really be thanked for this. He actually died in 
2000, um, age 53. Oh, wow. But um, there were so many screenplays and drafts before this. Yeah, it was passed around a lot, right? It was. It went to Diane Thomas, who did a Haunted House version. She wrote Romancing the Stone. Mm. And Chris Columbus. I know. Goonies, Goonies and Gremlins. Gremlins. Amazing. And it was originally called Indiana Jones and the Lost City of Sun Wukong. There's a mouthful. Yeah, I know. I can't even get it right. Um, and uh, Jeffrey Bohm himself joked that the battlefield was littered with writers before he came onto the scene. Yeah. There were four or five before him. Each writer had their script next to them covered with blood. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it really was him working in collaboration with Spielberg that ironed out a lot of the issues that were in the screenplay. Um, like Sean Connery's character was actually the MacGuffin that you would see at the end of the film. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he was going to be like an Obi-Wan type, like a grumpy old, wise, grumpy old man. Um, so thankfully they really worked it out. And I, I think it really was this relationship between, uh, Indiana Jones and his dad that got Spielberg into doing this film yeah it absolutely saved it and also it wasn't just uh bohm bohm who worked on inner space actually as well but tom stoppard he's uncredited oh but he's massive and he did shakespeare in love and apparently all of the junior senior conversations that was all tom stoppard later revealed by spielberg oh wow really he's responsible for uh, he was said tom is pretty much responsible for every line of dialogue that's what spielberg said in empire magazine in 2006 Wow, I didn't, I didn't see that anywhere. But it was all coming together. You could tell that it had yeah. like a lot of work done to it. I guess often you think of people who write screenplays, it all kind of comes together and there's just some slight editing around it. But it seems that these scripts have so much work done to them. Mm. And then they evolve over time, I'd imagine, with Harrison Ford changing all his lines. Oh, true. But also like with the, with the growth of the series, because it started with Raiders of the Lost Ark in 1981. Yeah. And that was a massive hit. It was only um, like 18, 18 million budget, but it won best sound effects, art direction, nominated for best picture, director, cinematography, music. It was massive. That was their first one. And then Temple of Doom came in 84 and that was, they got a bump in the budget to 28 million. And then Last Crusade, 48 million. Wow. It's, sort of like, it's a massive machine by this yeah. point. Is this your favorite? This is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's Raiders. Raiders is amazing. I have to apologize to our listeners. We took a little bit of a break. Both of us got sick. Um, in the last couple of weeks. So I had a little bit of time and I watched all of them again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And it's been glorious. Yeah. Raiders is really great. Yeah. Uh, Temple of Doom is sort of, it, it's it's not a bad film, but it certainly suffers from sort of some pacing issues, I think. Yeah. It's um, quite darker as well. And the structure to it is a little bit, just seems a little bit off. But Raiders and Crusade. Yeah. Gold. I like the grufferness of of Raiders. Uh, this is actually a lot lighter. There's a lot more humor in this film. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, how did this relate to you, though? So, what's your experience with this film? I would have been eight years old when I first saw it. I went to see it in the cinema with my dad and brother. And uh, dad thinks we went to the Regent in the city. Is that still there on the Queen Street Mall? Uh, I don't think the cinema does, but I do think the place uh. still exists. And my brother questions why we would go there. So he thinks it's more likely El Dorado. But my brother remembers um, Return of the Jedi that we saw together and we were all cheering. And I love Harrison Ford. He's like my favorite actor. So my brother also noted that it's the experience of seeing the film in the cinema that makes these films memorable. And I also believe this, Mm. the energy of the cinema, the humor, the action and the emotions you feel. So it's not... um, just seeing the film as well it was like bonding with my dad and brother um which makes it so important to me and it was my first spielberg film really i saw in the cinemas Mm. and uh, my brother remembers the line who's gonna show you (laughs) 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 my dad remembers the old knight guarding the holy grail Uh, Uh, my biggest memory was the big bad guy drinking from the chalice and melting him yeah 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 that's it yeah did the music resonate with you because it really did with me absolutely i love john williams so much just everything he's done man um yeah it's just like he's got these themes that just instantly recognizable because he sets it up in a way as we go through the film you can we can talk a bit more about that yeah but um 
Yeah, he's a, just a genius. And I actually watched him just performing his symphonies um, just on YouTube. And I, actually this weekend, I'm going to see uh, the Sydney Symphony play Star Wars A New Hope with the film. Oh my God, um, you lucky bastard. Yeah, I'm super excited. I can't wait. Gives me chills just thinking about it. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be amazing. Yeah. Oh man, good on you. Yeah. Um, well, um, I, I got to say uh, that... I didn't have this on my list. I think that I, I have Raiders on my list. Yeah. But watching it um, made me realize how much of an impact this one had on me. Because I was like you, I saw it at the movies. And it makes such a big difference. Yeah. And um, I got goosebumps at certain points. Particularly when the uh, the Grail theme comes in. Yeah, I noted that Because there's too. something about that theme that really just just a wonderful wonderful theme and i there are scenes in this where i'm like oh i remember i remember how i felt very vividly um yeah so this is really as my it's 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 your mog but it's really secretly my mog as well secretly because i just to. well because I, it was unexpected i because i always thought of raiders as as the best and my favorite and it is yeah um but I didn't realize, uh, even though I've watched it several times since then, how much this one actually resonates with me looking at it from a child's perspective. Oh, amazing. That's really good to hear. Mm. Just a note on Williams as well. Like I was, I was looking at some stuff about him. And one thing that came up is they have this spotting session where they select which parts have no music. And that's just as, as important, I found, where there's he decides, you know, there's not going to be any music here and when he does add the music it adds such emphasis mm. and it just really hits you he's a master of that i think yeah I, I agree he's just amazing combined with the direction um because they both have to their say in there yeah i did see some little conversations that they were having uh spielberg and williams about different parts of the film and and you can see Williams going, oh, I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's right. And Spielberg's going, no, it's perfect. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. yeah that, like, you you know that they were, he, it's not like Spielberg would be saying everything's fantastic, but just you can see him listening to the music for the first time. It's actually having an impact on him Yeah, as well. He's looking at, looking at it in the context of the scene and he's just shaking his head at William saying, no, it's good, it's good. Yeah. Um, There's actually a good quote that Lucas said about Spielberg. He makes a movie before he shoots it so he knows exactly what he's doing and that's very hard to do. Mm. Yeah, so... um, Shall we get on to the acts? Yeah, so act one, what's yours? The Adventure of Young Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the '90s TV show? That's uh, yeah. I thought it was a hail back to that. Yeah. Um, I actually haven't seen it. I haven't seen anything about it. It's quite good. But, um, I used I to like it. it. Yeah. Um. Well, I called it River Phoenix and Ford to the Ocean. And and Ford to the Ocean. Oh, I see. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> this, it obviously wasn't that. <laughs> it sounded good when I was writing it. River Phoenix and Ford to the Ocean. I like it. No, I like it. I'm just a bit slow. <laughs> but it opens with this incredible scenery. The canyons and the William score comes in. Yeah, that discordant sound at the start. Oh, is, yeah. It really, it, it's funny because as it goes on, the music becomes a lot more positive for, for one of a better word but when it starts it starts off with a sort of mysterious sound and that that reminded me a bit of jurassic park he does that with that one too that that's sort true. of discordant thing it builds the suspense right away it does and then it shatters it because it's just kids on horseback <laughs> <laughs> but river phoenix is in this that's a bit tragic yeah. he died uh yeah. drug overdose yeah no, 1993 was it yeah. yeah, and Dad said we actually came in late, but later rewatched it on tape. <laughs> so my oh, memories right. are a little bit PC at this point. But oh my gosh, the bad guy snickering! <laughs> Did you pick up on that? What the bad guy snickering? They, they, you can tell they're bad guys from the way they snicker and laugh and just talk yeah. to each other. They, oh, that's they're definitely bad guys. <laughs> like they're set up to be bad guys, even though the main dude in it is actually. Kind of seems like a decent dude. Yeah. And I sort of picked up that he's like Harrison gets um, inspiration from him, you know, like from. Yeah. Rather than his actual father. Well, this really does set 
it's almost just this one event created Indiana Jones. Yeah. When you watch it, it's just like, how could so many individual things just influence this guy to become this this guy? But it all happens in this just one. Just cram thing. it all in there. Yeah, cram it all in there. Fear of snakes, use of whips, scars, hats, um, unshaven look. And the snakes, you know, falling <laughs> into the snakes. But River Phoenix was really good. He was, wasn't he? It was almost like... Um, he he wasn't doing a impression. Yeah, it was like he was embodying it almost, like the physicality of what he was doing it was all him, you know, when he was running down the hill, and it was really believable, like a more believable DiCaprio, I would say, <laughs> how I would describe him. <laughs> yeah, I always used to get the two mixed. Oh, he did, but um, no, he did, didn't he? He he did. Um, There's a lot of just subtle movements and expressions and, mm. and way of talking that he does. But he doesn't overdo it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And Spielberg really allows for this, I think. It's also, I have to give credit to the editor, Michael Kahn. He's pretty much done all the editing on Spielberg's films and he's absolutely amazing. He won Best mm. Editing for Raiders and Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. And oh, he wow. says, don't edit from knowledge, edit from feeling. And yeah, I saw that quote too. And you'll see, like, he keeps a lot of these master shots, like these wide shots where the camera's just roving around. That's a Spielberg sort of um, signature move. But he keeps all that stuff. And it really allows for, like, this immersion, I feel. Mm. Longer cuts, doesn't break the action. Yeah. Oh, isn't that great? That all of these long cuts where action's happening. Like there's a there's a shot where they're on the train cars and it's actually quite a long shot that yeah. nowadays would be cut into about three different shots. Yeah, interspersed with slow-mo from every which angle, you know, <laughs> just to draw out the emotion. But you don't have to. Yeah. You can just have it with one cut and you get the feeling. Yeah, but it's like, like he actually comes out of the door, pulls a snake off him, starts to crawl up to the other train car and then this guy comes jumping across from the other roof all in one shot. It's all amazingly choreographed, hey? Yeah. And then you see the whip with the lion. He, This is how he gets his scar. Yeah, then he runs back with the cross to um, to see his dad and you just see his hands at this point. They're just these big hands, the way a child sort of sees him. And the notebook, oh man, when they introduced that, I got chills. Yeah, it's they, they do really good job of setting each of these things up. Like the, the relationship with the dad is just explained very quickly just in a few different shots. Yeah. Uh, like it, it, there's not a lot of dialogue. It's not required. But there's a bit of humor in there as well about how to count to... 20 in Greek. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the, the thing is, just, just to go back quickly, just to set the scene... Indiana and a friend of his are looking in some caves and they find these guys doing an excavation and they're obviously bad guys because of what they say and 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 they find a cross and Indiana Jones decides that it belongs in a museum so he goes and steals it from them they chase him he he escapes and gets back to his dad's place and then the police turn up and they actually take the cross and he gives it back to the dudes who were chasing him yeah. And that at that point the the bad guy, the leader of the bad guy says, You lost it, a kid, but it doesn't mean you have to like it. Yeah. He's a cool, complex character and he gives him the hat. Um Yeah. And that's how they cut scenes to to now. Oh my gosh, that was the best transition ever. Yeah. <laughs> and the Williams theme comes in, you know, at that point. The Indiana yeah. theme. I was teary when I first had that. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah it, it, I can understand that. It really is a good scene that shows how he turns into who he is now. It's just a pity that he's a thief. <laughs> 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 like, the, this whole scene is about his justification for taking this thing and saying it should be in a museum and they've discovered it. Mm. You, you don't know. Indiana Jones doesn't know that it's, it could be going to a special art collection. It could be going to a museum. Oh, <laughs> I see. Know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just decides that they're the bad guys. Yeah. 
Well, that was snickering, you know. That's true. <laughs> and the white guy with the mustache, clearly a bad guy. He pulls out a bag of gold to hand it over, you know, his Panama yeah. hat. Oh, that's so clear. Well, you can also, you've got the music which tells you that yeah. as well. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And, and that's when it, and when it cuts to the present, he goes, this is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. And, and it's just like, yeah, it's, that's true. Yeah, it's a little bit. Ex- yeah. <laughs> belongs in a museum so do you well he actually does work for a museum so i guess that's appropriate yeah but um and then he just tells him to throw him over the side which is actually fine because that's what happens anyway Mm. so really if it wasn't for the fact that the actions that occur on that boat did not precipitate the thing falling off and blowing the boat up (laughs) yeah uh he basically (laughs) murdered a boatload of people yeah there's a body count there somewhere (laughs) But then it moves on to the uni, sort of present yeah. day, and the uni looked very pleasant. Um, but here you get the sense that he's got this double life, you know. Yeah. He climbs out the window with his hat on. <laughs> he's breaking the rules. And the story moves on quickly because, you know, in that same shot where he jumps out, it just pans down a little bit and there's this darkened car. But just quickly, I really love the scene where he turns up and all his students are in a room and he hasn't done any of the stuff that he's supposed to be doing as a, as a professor of archaeology. <laughs> yeah. He's just let it all slide. Life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sort of, that endears you to him a little bit because you want to escape as well, you know. That's why we go to the cinemas. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the alternative title for this could have been How Not to Be an Archaeology Professor. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, yeah, and then you've got this mysterious package as well from Venice. What's in the package? Yeah. And so the evil guy, uh, Donovan, at this point, I thought... Well, he's not evil. He's a good guy. <laughs> True. But I really <laughs> like the bit where he's pouring the moe into the chalices while they're sort of talking about the Holy Grail. It's this foreshadowing. And oh, I didn't pick up on that. The sound was accentuated, you know, it was like bubbling and... You get these really great feel from these edits. And this is Um, just an exposition scene, but it's still interesting and you're still engaged with it. You're not waiting for the scene to end. You're actually, you're caught up in the tale that they're telling. Yeah. And this point, the growl thing comes in gently, just in the background as he's talking about it. Yeah. And I got to say, Harrison is a very good looking man. (laughs) His glasses are so great. (laughs) (laughs) He makes glasses look good. (laughs) He scrubs up well. And the blocking was amazing. Like, there's another story for you. And then it's always moving back and forth. I've heard this one as well. It sets it up in the imagination of the audience. So, later we get to see it as a payoff. Yeah. And I thought that's just gold. Yeah, it's done very well. The ground falls from underneath your feet, you know. It's all setting it up for later. Yeah, that's true. Uh, There's actually foreshadowing before that uh, when he's in the classroom teaching the students. And he's saying... It's the it's fact not truth. X never marks the spot. Yeah, just trying to set up all these things that are kind of uh, twisted later on in the yeah. film. It's really clever how they do all of these little things. It's stuff you don't pick way. up as a kid, but now um, as an adult, um, yeah, yeah, it's nice going back and seeing these things. And then you uh, you find the the man who's disappeared is your, his father. So he has to go. You know, he's basically Steven Spielberg. He's saying I don't really care about the Holy Grail, but. Um, <laughs> But if my father's haunted involved, castles, yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't want to do haunted castles either. Yeah, uh, because he'd done Poltergeist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've got a quote actually. Lucas just he didn't care what it was as long as there's a World War One tank in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's so true. But um, they, and they built that tank from scratch. Yeah. For me, I, I felt that that was the end of Act One. But I don't know. Um, no, I felt it went a little bit longer when they look at the Grail Diary. Um, it just like when they when they brought that out and they're talking about um, the mythology of it. Do you believe? That's true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And that music comes in again. That theme. I love that theme. It's just a fantastic theme. Amazing. Yeah, it's very haunting. And that Grail Diary, as he's flicking through it, it just looks so amazing with all the sketches. It feels so authentic and valuable. Yeah. Like, it's his whole life and, you know. You actually want to go into it and see what other stuff he did and, yeah. and found. I just love the adventure of this. It was, like, really caught me up in that first act. 
Oh, and it sort of ended with don't trust anybody, you know? Yeah, and it is a really strong first act. Yeah. Um, there are some things as you go along in the second act, I think, where there are a few <laughs> questionable things that occur. Well, but I we'll, call we'll, it we'll act two, that. ships passing in the night. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, mine was closed crypts. Sorry, that's a little too... I can't, I can't do Harrison Ford. Clues to crypts and cars to castles. Oh, cool, cool. And yeah, that was, um, there were so many chases in this movie, man. Yeah. Uh, there were, weren't there? I had six different types. Foot, train, boat, motorcycle, plane and car. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, and you don't really... You don't really notice it when you're watching it. You don't think, oh, another chase scene. No. It's, it's well, Spielberg all... started out with Jewel, which was the classic chase, and this is his this is his strength. I feel that right. he does a crazy good chase scene. Mm. Well, I think the reason that it works is because he intersperses it with humor. Every one of those chases has a bit of humor in it. Yeah. Oh, except uh, no, even um, even the boat chase scene has a bit of humor in it where. He's telling her not to go between them, and and she thinks that that's <laughs> yeah. what he said. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's all there's always a little bit of humor in each of those, and I think that that's what balances the action with something, you know, brings it back to these people that are involved in the actual chase scenes. And yeah. when you think about it, a lot of chase scenes nowadays don't have that. They take out the um the personal side of it, and mm. it's all about the survival aspect of of the action the te- intensity but yeah. humor really brings out the audience i feel yeah brings them into the game it also it also can help to break the tension to at the right time mm. yeah that's a good point yeah but anyway so this is so they're in venice yeah. um and the period acting is so incredible. The hats and the suits. I just loved how it looked. It was very pretty. And then there's the line, maybe he'll know us. And it's her. It's Dr. Schneider. Yeah. Elsa Duty. So breaking assumptions there. So that's good. Yeah. And then Harrison Ford goes straight into being a seedy dude. Rapid flirting, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> May I? As a flower, he steals it while laying down. I usually don't. Yeah, but he's laying down the plot details. So it's, it happens very quickly. And you go, it would make me very happy, but I'm already sad. Tomorrow I'll steal you another. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's constantly and moving. The camera's moving. It the story's is. Moving. It is. And it's and even Brody breaks that. Yeah. And says, you know, but the reason we're yeah. here, yeah, yeah. And apparently they they were shooting these scenes during the busiest time of. Um, it was like in the the tourist season oh wow during the day which is like just to organize it would have been a nightmare they had the the whole canal i think for one day yeah it's crazy when you think about the power of <laughs> filmmaking <laughs> yeah <laughs> shuts down a whole city for one day yeah you'd imagine a lot of people would be sort of watching from a distance oh though. yeah the- spielberg he was huge by this point yeah so then they go to this church i love the church that yeah. they go to and uh, they give you a little bit of a history of it. Who knows whether there's any accuracy to it. Mm. And they're figuring out what happened to the father and they're trying to retrace his steps with the clues and then they find out uh, from the Roman numerals that X marks the spot, which yeah, is a callback yeah. to <laughs> X rarely marking the spot. Um, and I love that bit with the old guy stamping the book. Oh, my God. <laughs> he looks at the uh, stamp. That's hilarious. That's <laughs> he's great. Ma- yeah. smashing this block and he thinks it's a stamp. <laughs> I remember people laughing in the theaters at that. that yeah, great. and I wrote that. It's just the audience's way in, you know. It opens people up through laughter. Yeah, India and uh, Indiana looking around, <laughs> hoping that no one can actually hear what he's doing. There's such great comedic acting in this. I, mm. I was surprised. Um, but she's also fearless, you know. She says, lower me down first once the hole is dug. Yeah, and, and I think they really did try to give her a bit of a uh, assertive nature. Yeah. Which is great, um, particularly during the 80s. And I, well, I wrote that down as well, but then later on he grabs a rag and bone and goes, makes a torch and just goes, come on, and grabs yeah. her over her shoulder like a I'm caveman. I'm an alpha male, yeah. <laughs> when the rats come in. So. He's, and he really does act like a caveman, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throughout the entire film with his attitude to it. <laughs> so alpha male, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's funny in a way because there's almost like a trying to push back, but he's still pushing 
for that old way of doing things. Yeah. But then what the hell was that with the bone and the torch? <laughs> like he, he falls down. Oh, yeah. petroleum here. I should open a well and retire. But wait a second. We can't see very well. What do we do? <laughs> Grab some. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Deface a corpse? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is that the right word? <laughs> yeah, I think that is. <laughs> oh my God. He just rips the whole thing out yeah. and just wraps some rags around it, puts it into the petroleum, and pulls it out and <laughs> sets it alight. What do you do? You know, this just got to be the most dangerous workplace health and safety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any more notes? I just sort of brush past this. They find the shield and get the rubbing. and Yeah. Oh, I just, just the petroleum thing. Even when I was a kid, like there was stuff going on in my head that I just couldn't reconcile <laughs> where he's like holding this torch and you can see the flames dripping off it into the petroleum. Oh, and then, yeah. And, and then you get the, the bad guy lighting the match and yeah. then just gingerly dropping it into the... <laughs> and then there's ultimate bonfire. Yeah, and, burning uh, rats and everything. And, yeah, and then they escape. But yeah, uh, that was one thing that just my brain couldn't reconcile. <laughs> and they come up back into Venice and the restaurant scene. I love that. It's so gorgeous, Venice. Yeah, and he goes, oh, Venice. <laughs> oh, Venice. And it's a speedboat chase. That was great. With the red feathers, all dark skin, they all look the same. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe it would imply these days. <laughs> and you find out they're a brotherhood of the... Uh, Crucitian sword, I think it was called. I, can't, I I thought it was cruciform. Oh, yeah, that might be it. Might have been I don't a typo. know. Yeah, Crust- no, crustacean <laughs> But after he explains that they were, and they just drop him off, and he goes, good luck with your quest, cheerio. Yeah. <laughs> he jumps into a dark doorway and they disappears. Just been, yeah, they've just been fighting for their lives and beating each other up, and it's just like, oh, wait, no, you're not looking for the girl? Oh, Okay. Oh, by the way, your dad's here. <laughs> Cheerio. You have this British how did, accent. I, and how did he know where his dad was? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because you think, oh, they're the ones that have kidnapped him. Yeah, because yeah. Because that's the only explanation for how they would know that his dad's there. But later on, they're not. No, it's Obviously just to throw not. you off. <laughs> yeah. It's just I to add no another idea. chase scene, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they um, end up kissing. How do you yeah. kiss me? Oh, my God. I just that stuff. I didn't have any more notes. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just wrote unpleasant and hilarious love scene. So old school. It's very old school. Yeah. Yeah. That hyper aggressive masculine stuff. Yeah. But he was also going things like, "I don't, I don't like fast women." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they did. They did play the humor for that as well. Yeah. So that was that was that was good. And then but, you move on to Castle Brunwald, which um is where, you know, he goes to Austria to save his dad. Yeah, and he pretends to be a Scottish lord. Oh my gosh, the sneeze. <laughs> yeah. Achoo. Achoo. If uh, you're a Scottish lord, then I am Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and I thought, what, is Mickey Mouse out by then? And it has, which led <laughs> me to do been. some research. He, yeah, he was. 1928 was when oh, Mickey Mouse came around. I think and, there's a lot of holes with the timing of stuff, with the types of guns and like... You know, whether there were female SS, you know, <laughs> agents. <laughs> so, there's a lot of holes, but I'm not going to go into that stuff. Oh, uh, no, no. It's uh, it's just, I'm actually just bringing up the stuff that when I was nine years old watching this for the first time that I was thinking. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, oh, probably a little bit older, actually, when I think about it. I rewatched this so many times, it all kind of blends together. But, uh-huh. um, yeah, there were a few logical things that when I was young, I was... I was asking questions about. Oh, nice. Um, but the Nazis come and they have their own theme, which I love that theme. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's very, uh, it's almost cartoony. And um, yeah, uh, Sean and Sean Connery and Harrison are reunited at this point. Yeah, he hits him on the head. <laughs> Julia. <laughs> Julia. 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 Yeah, I love this. 
How it breaks the heart. I can't really comment on this relationship because I just love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> How did you find it? Oh, it's great. Yeah. Uh, it really is great. And apparently, uh, Sean Connery worked a lot on his character for this. Um, and it kind of shows that they're both one-upping each other all the time yeah. throughout the film. And neither one of them will give way. Like, they won't admit when they've done... If they've done something wrong. Particularly Sean Connery, who's very super confident in being a fantastic father and there's this competition this between them really yeah but there's a moment where he goes alexandretta junior you did it with boyish excitement and he sort yeah. of concedes a little bit there you get you witness what you know his heart is where his heart is yeah yeah it's, so his, it's very warming yeah because you can it is being his life so he it, it does come out as he finds out things it's just he does get that what they called Giddy as a schoolboy looked at But him. also conceding that Junior did it, you know, giving him the props. Yeah, true, cool. true. And then she, they're betrayed by the Froloin at this point. Uh, um, yeah, and he, he says, uh, don't trust her. Yeah. And, uh, and Indy doesn't listen to him. But uh, you find out why later on. Oh, my gosh. It was the daddy-son double team. <laughs> 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 I can just imagine, like, uh, all three of them is like, doctor, doctor. <laughs> Doctor, doctor, doctor. That's terrible. That's terrible. Oh, my gosh. That was a Spies Like Us reference, by the way. Oh, Chevy Chase. Anyway, that's another one. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. But, um, yeah, he goes, how did you know? She talks in her sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love the Marcus setup here where, you know, with any luck, he's got yeah. the grail already. He's yeah, that's right. He speaks a dozen languages. languages. <laughs> and then the cuts to him. Does anyone here speak English? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that. And at that point, Gimli arrives. <laughs> oh, Gimli. It's a slapstick fight. And they're I back, love you know. John Reese davis Yeah. He's great. Mm. He's great. And he's got that amazing booming voice. Yeah, yeah. And it's very slapstick, though. They just sort of... <laughs> he runs into the back of a truck and it drives off. Yeah. It, he is played for the comic relief um, in this, Marcus. Whereas in Indiana Jones, he was a lot more... Well, he wasn't portrayed quite so um, humorously. But I think that he does it pretty well because you you see him pretty straight-faced when they're in uh, the university, but it's when he leaves the country that's when things start to go awry for him. Yeah. So, yeah, he gets he gets more humorous as time goes on, actually. Oh, yeah, they sort of, yeah, they, they ramp it up a lot. <laughs> Even just the Marcus setup, you know. With any luck, he's got the grail already. He's got contacts in every town. And then Austrian saying goodbye sucks on his yeah. lip. <laughs> <laughs> I made a note that I need to meet more Austrians. <laughs> and Sean was, oh, why, why, thank you. It was kind of wonderful. <laughs> And he looks disappointed. So it's pure comic. It's so such a I didn't ever knew about the Bond stuff, you know, at this point. I thought this was Connery. Very James Bondish in a way, when you think about it. No, well, I mean he was playing comedy at this point in this role, whereas before he was very macho. So this is a complete reversal almost. Yeah, that's he's playing true. the old man, um, the bookish old man who doesn't have any sort of worldly um, desires. He, he does play that bookish sort, but some of his actions kind of belie someone who's well and truly able to look after themselves. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, like he sits there letting Junior save him in lots of situations, but then when uh, trouble arises, he actually steps up and does something as well. Yeah. And that's when uh, everyone leaves and uh, they tr they try to escape with the lighter. And once again, another little bit of humor added there. But I thought that was great where he, he burns himself, blows at the lighter and it just sets fire to the entire castle. <laughs> yeah. Um, that castle reminded me of Wolfenstein. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of later Wolfenstein games that came out would have um, used that as a nice backdrop for it. Schnell, loose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But um, then there's more chasing. Boats and <laughs> motorcycles and the sidecar. Jerry's on bikes. Yeah. Jousting on a motorbike. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> and uh, and did you notice? I think the music in it is a homage to The Great Escape as well. Oh, okay. I still haven't seen that. I've really been meaning to. But uh, they do manage to escape and... Um... Then it's sort of... Then they're having a discussion into Berlin, into the lion's den. And it really sets it up, you know, as this... <laughs> You know, this uh, these incredible odds they're against going into Berlin. And it's actually another little exposition scene there. Yeah. Where, you know, you can see they've got divergent ways to go and that's where they have to go. He's saying, we have to yeah. go there. So. Yeah. And he's saying things like, it's a race against evil, you know, and they're trying to amp it up a little bit. Yeah. And that you, we get transported to Berlin almost instantly and it's their book burning and did you notice how much of that is one shot? Like they go from the rally all the way down to a body being pulled under the car and then Indiana gets out dressed up yeah, and is next to Sean Connery and he says, my boy, we're pilgrims in an unholy land. It's super and awesome. That's hey? all one shot. Yeah. <laughs> all one shot, which is really beautiful. Yeah, amazing. It's swift storytelling. I like it. Mm. And then he gets an autograph. Well, there was a nice scene before where, she, um, you know, she still has feelings for him and she says, all oh, I true. have to do is scream and she doesn't scream. So we sort of know that, you know, she still has feelings for him at that point. But yeah, he gets the autograph and looks him eye to eye. I don't know. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Hitler. It, pretty, it almost looks like he's surprised, like he's happy that he's getting it. He thinks it's ironic. You can see almost <laughs> this ironic look that he has for the signature being put in this book. It's so hard to read forward sometimes, but yeah, there's something there. There's like a little spark of something. <laughs> yeah. And this is halfway. This is an hour and 10 minutes. So and then they jump in the Zeppelin, which is yeah. so crazy. Um, Tickets, please. Oh, the no ticket line is just glorious. When he yeah. <laughs> kicks the guy out of the window. No ticket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they they had a little heart to heart moment. Sean and his um, son, you left when you were just becoming interesting. That was very nice. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, I've got a I've got a bit of a trivia about this scene. Apparently, neither one of them is wearing pants. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. It's glorious. Fire is really hot. And Sean Curran did it first and then Harrison Ford had to. <laughs> <laughs> because he said, look, if I wear pants, I've got to start sweating. <laughs> I've got to start sweating. <laughs> uh, um, and this, once again, shows how the relationship really makes this movie. Mm. And that really the the journey of going to find the grail takes it almost takes a back seat to this relationship that's going on yeah and uh it shows that you can you can really see a, a good action film if it has heart if it's got a relationship that's being developed if it's got yeah. someone that's having this character development occurring it adds so much more strength to it I mean, even like if you think of like a movie like Inception that has these amazing action set pieces, but it's always going back to this guy in a relationship with his family, his kids and his wife who, who passed away. Mm. Like that's the through line throughout the whole thing. And it's always called back to same with um, same with this. It's always about yeah. a relationship. Yeah, I agree. At this point, yeah, they realize that the, they're onto them as the Zeppelin turns around. And so it gets a little bit north by northwest here yeah. where they have a plane battle, um, plane chase. <laughs> yeah. And he shoots the back tail, which is really <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I used to play uh, World War One games and World War Two games. And yeah, you can damage your plane if you shoot. <laughs> so it's realistic. But it's just nonstop. It's just like, yeah, yeah the, the action just keeps coming. And, yeah, um, so they, they crash land and then they steal a car. And uh, then they say, and it doesn't come any closer than that. And then there's just a bomb comes from the other plane. Yeah, yeah. And there's that hilarious scene where the plane crashes into the tunnel and they're in the car and the plane just flies right by them on fire. And you see the <laughs> yeah. guy looking at them like the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. It's this one bizarre experience. <laughs> 
Um, and then actually, this is where Sean Connery's character saves the day with his Charlemagne quote. Um, let my armies be the rocks and the trees and the birds in the skies. That was so great. I love that. Yeah. And, and, uh, I'm guessing, you know, that, um, those actually weren't seagulls that were flying into the sky. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't get them to fly. (laughs) There's There's a great scene in the making of where they actually pull off the, the, the boxes that have the seagulls in them for them to go and fly and nothing happens. They just sit in the box. <laughs> in the end, they just had to throw feathers around <laughs> and get, get like doves or something. But the Williams score accentuates Indy's admiration in that scene where he's just looking back and, you know, Williams comes in again. And uh, there is actually a, a quick bit where um, they've just gotten out of the car and he's running and uh, Harrison Ford, uh, Indiana goes, Dad! Like he's angry, and then he realizes who he's talking to, and he kind of turns his voice back, and they go, and he goes, "They're coming back." Yeah, yeah. That, that was good. Yeah, I didn't make a note of that. That's nice. Mm. And that's when I get to tanks. I just had, <laughs> oh, my, oh my gosh, tanks. Yeah, and Marcus saying, "You're meddling with powers you cannot possibly comprehend." Yeah, it was very Star Wars. <laughs> I think that's the one line that that Lucas got through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Out of all the edits of the script, that's his one line. <laughs> he probably demanded that it be in there. It's like, I got to have my tank and I got to have my one line. At least he didn't say it was his destiny. Yeah. And it's a tank versus horse battle. It's yeah. crazy. Well, is this Act 3 at this point? Well, I thought Act 3 was more where they get to the temple. Oh, I considered that Act 4. Oh, I didn't have Act 4, yeah. Well, Well, I will say for me... My Act 3 was was actually with the book burning. Oh, uh, okay. And I called it book burning blimps and tumbling tanks. Oh, yeah, um, nice. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But anyway, that that's when they, they're actually in um, Alexandretta or the, what was the city of Iskandrian? Uh, and that uh, the highness, the the king, is actually Alexi Sale, who's a British comedian. Oh, is he? Okay, yeah, nice. yeah. And uh, you know where he goes, uh, Rolls Royce Phantom Two. <laughs> he's British. Oh. Yeah, he's British. <laughs> he does. He did it so well. Yeah, and the tank fight scene is yeah, that really is great with the horse oh. versus tank. Oh my god! And he shoots through three guys. Yeah, that. yeah, that's great. <laughs> I, I wrote nice gunshot. I don't know why, um, but uh, yeah. So there's just a lot of action going on at this point. There's the horses and tanks shooting trucks into the air. It's, they it's just a make really so great many action. uses of the of the tank mechanic. It's just like they've gone through every iteration of what yeah. they can do with this tank. So you can imagine this was all Lucas starting this, I reckon. <laughs> Yes, because this was his demand. His one demand was that it had to have a World War One tank in it. Oh, I think yeah, it started like that. But then Spielberg, he went and storyboarded this massive, you know, yeah. this crazy tank battle, um, and it ended with this German ragdoll, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> you mean when it goes off the cliff? Yeah, and you see this little ragdoll getting smashed to pieces. Yeah, <laughs> I just love that. But that is a great like that scene where. Uh, Sean Connery looks over and goes, I've lost him. I never told him anything. Five minutes uh, would have been enough. Yeah. and um, Uh, It was heartbreaking. Yeah. And and Harrison. But it's great because the way they do that and you can really feel it. And then Indiana climbs up and looks over with them. And that (laughs) humor. I remember that at the theaters. That was great. (laughs) And then just the way that he says, I thought I lost you, boy. Yeah. Like this, this moment of real pure defenselessness, yeah. Where his heart is completely on his sleeve, and then he stops himself and becomes a professor again. And yeah. oh, well done, well done. Come on, we've got what to go. What are you doing? They're resting. Well, we're sure near the end. <laughs> yeah, and then the hat blows back in. Yeah, <laughs> so perfect. Yeah, and I think Harrison did a lot of his own stunts. I read in this, and you really feel it when in yeah. that tank scene. Oh my gosh, he looks pretty brutalized by the end mm. of that. But um, yeah. Harrison Ford is really good at looking like he's suffered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was my act three where they get to the temple, and yeah. this is what my alternate title was: a George Lucas impression. It's always a problem getting rid of the object, you know? 
Spielberg was articulating wonderfully how Connery was calling <laughs> his son Indy for the first time. <laughs> about how the emotions of that scene and Lucas was complaining that he needed to get rid of the object. <laughs> it's always a problem, but this got rid of the object perfectly. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I, um, I can't. I am actually seeing spots right now. <laughs> They're in this temple it, and it's but, in Jordan. That's so George Lucas. You can just yeah, see like he's he's barely written a script. You can see it's, oh like it comes in and like Obi-Wan he comes forward. <laughs> <laughs> but they're in this temple in Jordan and it's booby traps, man. Heads rolling off yeah. down well, that's, the screen. That's my act four. Uh, what you act had four. act three I had is act four. I had uh-huh. it was um Heads, hopscotch, heights, and holy grails. Oh, you do this well, man. <laughs> Is it alliteration where you use the the same letter? Uh, yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. It's done very well. Um, and I, I, um, I remember I used to close like when we were in the c- cinemas, and I think when we watched it when I was younger. Um, I used to close my eyes for the scene where he loses his head. <laughs> yeah, you had to. It's very horrific, hey. Yeah. Well, it, the, and- the fear of it, like to be honest, watching it again, the the actual thing itself is is not really that um, bad, but just the anticipation of what's going to happen. Uh, and they they sum it up with another volunteer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, they've gone through many. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can tell by the guy that the guy that's walking up that um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's not particularly happy to be doing what he's doing. It's very clever; it moves uh, it along. But yeah. then, yeah, they shoot the dad. That was ah, uh, and Doctor Schneider. She turns again. You know, she screams out. But when Indy exclaims, "Dad!" There's a jump cut, um, and it's sort of very back and forth. It's very jolting. It really oh. accentuates the emotion of when he gets shot. So what do you mean the jump shot? Oh, it's like a jump shot. Like it looks at, he goes, dad, but they show it twice. It just cuts very quickly between two shots of the same thing. Oh, right. Yeah. You're not yeah, meant yeah, to do yeah, it yeah. in film, but they do it there. And it just sort of takes you out a bit. It sort of throws you. The perfect time to do it too, because it just, it raises the odds once again. Ask yourself what you believe. And that's when he shoots him. That's the thing. There's always got to be something that keeps the tension going. Like, yeah, it's not just you've got to go and you've got to go through these challenges. Otherwise, we're going to kill your father. They add the it's tension on stake. top of that. Yeah. yeah, they make the stakes real. Yeah. So instead of it being the threat of them being killed, it's actually life or death. Yeah, he's dying. He's yeah. not going to die. He is dying. Yeah, absolutely great storytelling. Yeah, and uh, I loved the three challenges. I know, Penitent Man will pass. Yeah. And it's really cool how they set that up on the Zeppelin, you know. They repeat the words and they show close-ups back to that moment. Um, and, and and when they do it, like, it's just literary when they're on the blimp. But here, the words, they're exploring the words. They're trying to figure out what it means and... and those words really have meaning and just at the last second he figures it out yeah and it's yeah back and forth it's really tense with these quick cuts and there's the word of god and this just reminded me of goonies <laughs> you know where they're standing on the organ and the oh, ground's yeah. falling apart. <laughs> it's just like sean connery was saying you must believe boy and there's this white light and this zoom pan thing is really intense yeah yeah um i like that scene where once he gets through through the first one when he falls through and almost dies yeah and uh and you see underneath the tomb i always like that i don't know what it is but there was just the sound effects of the wind blowing through and it was just this sort of like just showed this underground space yeah an industrial light of magic i have to say they were really on point here with all of these effects yeah because um yeah like you know the illusion effect was that was all them Mm, that was the path of god the path of god where he sprays the sand over the illusion that was so cool i remember that clearly (laughs) as a kid i really clearly remember that bit where he does have to step over and as a child nine-year-old boy watching this thinking you know 
what's going on and the music is sort of lifting up and yeah. the tension raises and then it stops the music stops and you hold your breath hey. yeah it's literally moving you to hold your breath and oh my gosh. you see him putting his hand over his heart and really trying to like just Disbelieve. let himself go yeah. yeah yeah it's just just beautifully done um yeah. this movie is so fantastic yeah and the funny thing is is that when I watched it, I loved it. Um, and then over time, I watched it a lot. And I used I was a bit more critical of it than oh, I am now. Uh, yeah. Probably because I always found it to be one of the lighter of the Indiana Jones. Um, because of all the humor that's in it. Oh, I see. Yeah. Also, when it came out, I thought that Harrison Ford was looked a bit old. <laughs> oh okay yeah yeah because it was nearly 10 years later mm. that this movie came out and i'm thinking he's going out with quite a young girl um <laughs> and then sean yeah. <laughs> ships passion in the night <laughs> but, but uh, you yeah. know i saw i rewatched crystal skull and then you know mm. <laughs> <laughs> that takes the cake now for the, for the quadrilogy. What do you What do you um, mean? I mean, I love Kate, but the, her accent was just a huge put off. Kate Blanchett's, uh, you know. Oh we, right. I have wires. They'll make your fart. <laughs> I don't even know what it was. And aliens. Oh my gosh. Very Spielberg. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, no, Spielberg. Spielberg didn't want to do aliens. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Um, once again, George Lucas pushed him into it. Oh, um, wow. And then, and then, <laughs> oh, this is a sidetrack here, but I listened to this thing where um, this is uh, Spielberg talking about how much he didn't want to do aliens oh. uh, in Indiana Jones. And he gets a call from George Lucas and he goes, oh, I don't think we're going to, I'm not going to do aliens. And Spielberg's like, Oh, thank God. Thank God. Oh, no, that's great. We're going to do interdimensional beings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's what they were. They weren't aliens. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, oh, but it just it reminded me of AI. That's why I said Spielberg. You remember in AI how it was aliens? Oh, right. You mean yeah. right at the end? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Had that vibe to it. But yeah. anyway, this is the latest Spielberg. We're back. We're on early Spielberg. Yeah, <laughs> still. Um, but yeah, this this scene gave me goosebumps, and he got across the the bridge, and that's when we meet the knight. Yeah, you're strangely dressed for a knight. And I always used to wonder what that guy did. You know, three hundred <laughs> yeah. years sitting in a yeah, that's true. Did you come up with anything? No. Well, he had a book. Um, yeah. I I don't know. Maybe he just spent a lot of time sleeping. <laughs> he looked very tired. And Dr. Elsa, Dr. Elsa at this point gives him the wrong cup. Let me choose. Yeah. And then he, he drinks to eternal life. And I just remember Lachlan Coon. Uh, he would always toast to this. And whenever drinking, we'd play drinking games. And we would say, to eternal life. <laughs> <laughs> always. <laughs> Never gets old. And that's when the classic line oh, the, that... The hair, did, yeah. yeah, you chose... Poorly. Poorly. And I was using this for the whole week, man. <laughs> this line. <laughs> I went and saw Maze Runner, the third one. And just when the uh, Asian kid was acting, I was going, he he acted poorly. <laughs> it poorly. has so many uses. <laughs> it's, it's the best line. And it, it's the type of line that if you do it wrong, it's just nothing. But that actor just nailed it so yeah, well. Yeah, I butchered it then. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, the well. Picture. <laughs> but I mean, the whole cinema cracked up when when that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I love like I love his death scene now. Um, but it was another one of those things where I had my eyes shut the whole time, tight. Oh wow! And yeah. I remember my eyes were closed because like you you see him getting older. Yeah. And when you close your eyes, it's actually worse mm. because um, you don't see any. You hear her. He's going like, "What's happening to?" me screaming and oh, then she true. starts screaming and you hear all these sound effects and the music's going crazy and um yeah like it's actually worse when you close your eyes for that <laughs> and that's the hair grows doing. out and like, yeah oh he gosh. ages and just falls apart and turns into dust which is it's really I, it was, good 
it was a robot apparently they built this robot to do that oh really wow yeah so i like that it's still scary man gosh yeah it's um, pretty good but yeah i was questioning at this point where's the great seal but then you see it later um he says you can't pass the great seal but we didn't really see that seal that's true um that's true but then, yeah, they sort of the tides turn and then it gets to the seal and Elsa falls um, grabbing for the grail. And you feel for her a little bit. You do because there's, um, you can see that uh, Indiana ha- still has, has feelings for her and it's not, just, uh, it's not just a bad guy type of thing. She does have some level of depth to her and, and indecisiveness in a lot of ways as well because... It's all about getting the grail to her, but there's also this... Mm. She does have this connection with uh, Indiana. But yeah, whoops, she's gone. And then it's Indiana's turn to make a decision. Yeah, and that's where you have your line. Yeah. Indiana, <laughs> let's just go. It's the emotional climax. It was very, very moving. It is. It's really good. Um, the Just once again, playing with the music and, and the silence and the... Mm. All of that stuff is just done beautifully well. Um, yeah. But he does go back to calling him Junior again. And we find out why right at the end. <laughs> where um, it's named after George Lucas's dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just had yeah, the horses ride into sunset. And it's so great with the score, you know, the original Indiana Jones score. And Helvetica still holds up. <laughs> the font <laughs> for the credits. <laughs> timeless well and that that riding off into the sunset that was supposed to be you know this whole thing about the it being the last crusade yeah yeah but it's really the penultimate but it was like the perfect sort of end for me it just felt very very um like closed it felt very sort of it'd come full circle yeah you didn't feel like you were missing out on anything they're just sort of it would there was a little bit of sadness to it i must admit when i watched it because it was such a perfect ending to the trilogy that you were sad that there weren't going to be any more yeah. because it was so well concluded mm. um and then there were <laughs> <laughs> and there's going to be indy 5 in 2020 what yeah, Indy 5 is coming. Is Harrison Ford in it? Harrison's in it. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> Williams is doing the music, Spielberg's directing. Oh, yeah, so... Wow. And Lucas is still executive producing. <laughs> <laughs> all the, no, all the well, kids are back on the block. Well, the thing is, I don't actually mind Lucas executive producing because he actually has come up with a lot of great ideas that have influenced oh, the creation yeah. of these movies. No, I'm a fan. He was, he was like, he did American Graffiti and that's where Harrison Ford got his big break, you know? Yeah, um, he was a carpenter he, or something beforehand. Yeah, and he was just playing this roguish guy, and then he became Han Solo, and then Indiana Jones. It's pretty cool. Well, almost Tom Selleck almost became Indiana Jones. <laughs> wow, can you imagine? <laughs> oh, wow. That mustache. Jeez. Yeah. yeah I was in Indiana Jones and the search for Tom Selleck's mustache. <laughs> I've read criticisms that it may be too formulaic. What do you think? What's too formulaic? The Last Crusade. Uh, no. Oh, like, in what way is it formulaic? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just like, yeah, just all the chase scenes. It's an action movie. It's sort of drawing on all of these action formulas, you know? I think it does draw on all of those action formulas. But there's a good way of doing it and a bad way of doing it. And I think I, I can understand to a degree why they would say it's formulaic because it has the... You know, the intro before the intro, you know, where you have the the previous Indiana, something happens with him and then the plot goes from there. Like in Raiders of the Lost Ark, you had the temple that, that he found the golden um, head in. That has nothing to do with the rest of the plot except for the introduction of... Um, yeah, it's the opening gamut, thing. really. Yeah, and from there you have the the introduction of the the holy grail or the macguffin you've got the chase scenes the nazis are back again mm. um so yeah there is a lot of callbacks to the formula but that being said the formula would be nothing uh, or the movie would be nothing without the relationships and uh that is something that wasn't explored in the previous films quite to that level yeah. Um, the relationship in the first film was with Marion. Yeah. Um, in the second, I would say that it wasn't quite as well developed that. 
in fact, the strongest relationship in Temple of Doom would have been with Short Round, not with the Oh, yeah. Girl. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I would say that the relationship with him and his father uh, is something that you could say is unique to the Indiana Jones films. Yeah. So, yes, there's formula in there, but even with formula, it's still a great film. Yeah. So, this one is super, super high on my nostalgia yeah. meter. <laughs> this is Harrison... a problem. We've set 11 as the top, and <laughs> I think there's so many higher numbers now oh, to go. Oh, man. Yeah. So, Harrison is my favorite actor of all time. And when I see him, I sort of don't see him so much as Indiana Jones or Han Solo. I just see him as Harrison Ford. <laughs> and a lot of people see him as this miserly gruff guy, but I see him with such heart. He's like the reluctant hero who's doing what's right, and there's more to life than money, you know. And it's played with such humor and this like la- laughing in the face of adversity. Mm. And these are the things I take away from his characters. So it all comes together in this film. Spielberg, Lucas, Harrison, Connery, John Williams, Industrial Light and Magic, you know, editing by Michael Kahn, Ston- Tom Stoppard's dialogue, just everything together just draws out all the emotion possible. Yeah, it's a fantastic film. Um, and it's a father-son story. So it's about redemption. Mm. And the absolute highlight is for me also is the dynamic between Connery and Ford. Yeah. There's this love-hate pulse, which between them is the heart of this film. Yeah, absolutely. And there's similarities with Indy's dad and my own dad. He's crazy competitive and he loves <laughs> being right. He's very intelligent. He's obsessed with his work. And um, growing up, I did butt heads with him a bit, but um, a bit like Indy in the film, but it was all out of love. So just like in this film, how it's tenderly depicted. Mm. As a boy, I really just looked up to my dad and felt like he was the smartest person in the world. And in our own way, we had our little adventures and explorations. And we also have this unspoken bond. So I'd like to dedicate this episode to my dad. I love you, dad. Oh, that's really nice. Thanks so much for watching this one, man. It's been amazing. Oh, it's been great. And actually, I just want to say, funny thing is, is that I always used to think that my dad looked a bit like Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, he could pull it off with a whip. Give him a he whip. He could. He really, really could. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, you know, what you've just described resonates with me as well. Oh, thanks, I gotta man. Say. Yeah, so thank you for suggesting it. It's been great to see it again. Um, and with the fresh eyes of the Mog. Yeah. Um, I think this is one of the reasons I really wanted to do this uh, podcast. Yeah. Is because of seeing certain films and having this real close relationship and it bringing up stuff from our childhood and our relationships with our own family. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, thank you for suggesting it. Oh, thank you. And if you're out there and you have your own mog, just shoot us through, through social media or the website, www.themog.com.au. And we'd love to hear from you. We really would. That'd be great. But um, what's next? Our next film will be a guest mog with the journalist, writer and performer and mother of kittens, Natalie Bachensky. And the film will be Kevin Costner's Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves from 1991. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be fantastic. Oh, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. American in London. <laughs> I mean, England. <laughs> I London. Um, but yeah, so once again, thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Have you stopped? Stopping now. Stopping now. I would like to stop, Derek. Stop. My wife. <laughs> My family. Okay, stopping now. <laughs> <laughs>